last few weeks. John chapter 6 and verse 9. There is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? Let's pray before you're seated. Lord, you're a great God. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this opportunity to be in church. We pray, Lord, in your precious name that you'd put your anointing here, that you'd give us ears to hear what the Spirit has to say to the church. We pray that you'd touch your great people today. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. You may be seated. The background behind this scripture is uh, Jesus heard that John the Baptist was was beheaded by Herod and, and um, he, he was busy. The Bible says he was so busy with the people that he didn't even have time to eat. And so he decided, he, he said to the disciples, let's, let's get away to be alone. And so he ended up getting on a boat and going across the Sea of Galilee and uh, to be to be alone with his disciples and um, he ended up when he when he landed the people recognized him and they started they realized he was the one that healed people they seen him and and they knew who he was and and pretty soon they followed him and this great crowd ended up um, in the in in the desert is what it said in the Bible, but it's just a, a solitary place in the mountain, the Bible says what it is. And, and he, he spent a day healing and teaching the people. And then he had to send them away. Well, actually, the, 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 the disciples told them, came to, to Jesus and said, send them away so they can get something to eat. And that's the background behind this. And I'm going to read I didn't want you to stand for this, but I'm going to read it. It's actually, the feeding of the 5,000 is actually in all four Gospels, which is a a rare thing to have something mentioned in all four Gospels. And it's in Matthew chapter 14, verses 15 through 21, Mark chapter 6, 31 through 44, and Luke chapter 9, verses 12 through 22, and John chapter 6, verse 1 through 15. And I'm going to read all of the account of Mark, chapter 6, verse 30 through 44, so you can get an idea of what, what this, this, uh, this uh, event out of the gospel is about. And the apostles gathered themselves together unto Jesus and told him all, and he, and told him all things, but what they had done and what they what they taught and he said unto them come ye yourselves apart into a desert place and rest a while for there were many coming and going and they had no leisure so much as to eat and they departed into a desert which it means deserted or desolate or lonely they they departed into a desert place by ship privately in as much as Jesus loved people, he still was probably wore out from all the people and everything, and he ended up having to get away from, from just to spend some time alone. And, and, uh, and the people saw them departing, and, and many knew him and ran afoot thither out of the, all the cities and went, out went 
them and came together unto him. And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them because they were as a sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And when the day was now far spent, his apostles or his disciples came unto him and said, This is a desert place, and now the time is is far past. Send them away that they may go into a country round about and into the villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. He answered and said unto them, Give ye them to eat. And they, they say unto him, Shall we go and buy two hundred penny worth of bread and give them to eat? And he saith unto them, how many loaves have ye? Go and see. And when they knew, they say five and two fishes. And he commanded them to make all sit down by companies onto the green grass. And they sat down in ranks by hundreds and by fifties. And when he had taken the, the five loaves and two fishes, he looked up to heaven and blessed and break the loaves and gave them unto his disciples and set before them. And the two fishes divided he among them all. And they did all eat and were filled, and they, and they took up twelve baskets full of fragment, fragments and of fishes, and they did eat of the loaves, were a, and they that did eat of the loaves were about five thousand men. So that is the, that is the scripture, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell it, I'm going to say it out of the, the, the four accounts, and put them all together, what exactly happened on that day. And um, so Jesus' ministry exploded, and he was so busy that in, in my words, this is my words, Jesus' ministry exploded, and he was so busy that he did not have time to eat. He got word that John the Baptist was killed by Herod. He planned to get away with just the disciples. He and the disciples got in a boat and sailed across the Sea of Galilee to a city called Bethsaida. And people recognized Jesus there for the miracles of healing that he did. People flocked to him and told others in the village in the area and in the area that the, and they came also. The people left their houses and work, what they were doing to see Jesus on a mountain. When Jesus saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion because, they, because of those needing healing and they were with they were sheep without a shepherd. Jesus healed and taught the people all day long. At evening time, the disciples came to Jesus and, and told him to send the people away so they can buy food and eat. Jesus said they don't have to leave, feed them. The, the disciples thought food... Let's see, I can't read my... can't understand my thought here. Okay, so, so the disciples thought that the food problem was, was the people's problem. He thought, the disciples thought, you send them away and they'll take care of themselves. And Jesus, on the other hand, said, hey, I'll take care of this problem. This is my, this is my problem. You know, and I even put responsibility, question mark, is did Jesus feel responsible? I'm not sure, but... <clears throat> And the book, of, the book of John states that Jesus asked Philip to feed the, feed the people. The disciples sized up the situation 
looked at the large crowd and said, if we bought 200 penny worth, about a half a year's wages, that's what it would be. If he, they said, if we bought, we spent half a year's wages for food, there still would not be enough food to feed these, this multitude of people. This, this was just a test Jesus was giving to the disciples and an example he was, he was given to, to you and me. It was, it was a test for them and it was an example for us. Jesus could have, he could have just spoke bread into existence, right? He did that in creation. He could have timed a person to show up with a wagon load of bread. He could have sent manna from, from the sky. He did that before. He could have sent quail from the sea. He could have sent crows from the trees. He did that in the past. He could, have, he could do that, but he didn't. He didn't do that. Jesus asked them, how many loaves of bread do you have? Go and see. Andrew showed up with a lad, five loaves of barley bread and two fish. This is all we, we found. He was willing, the, the lad was willing to give. Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups. He prayed over the food, put the food in the basket. It was probably the basket of each disciple. There was 12 baskets. He probably put, it says that they used 12 baskets. They filled them up at the end. So they probably, he broke it. He took the, the, the fish and he broke it in pieces, probably stuck it in the 12 baskets and they went out and they started feeding through those baskets and the, the supply never ran out. There were about 5,000 men besides women and children that ate. So there was a, you know, and you know, I looked at this, and I might even have, last week, I might even have mentioned something that I kind of questioned. You know, I just, I mentioned it passing. I'm not sure if I did or not, but, but kind of looking at this, I kind of got, after studying it, I got a different take on it. And first of all, they had a large, they had a large need it, um, just like Job, I love the, well, I guess I shouldn't say I love it. I just, you know, there, Job says, I don't know, like three different times, there was a day, there was a day. And this just was one of those days, right? All of a sudden, the God ends up coming across the shore in a, in a boat and landing in people's lives. And all of a sudden, there's a healer. There's, there's people that would have been diseased, people that would have been sick, people that would be blind, lame. All those things, all the people there, there would have been probably demon-possessed. It doesn't say that, but it says, it says he healed them. He healed them. So these people, it was, it was their day, right? Just happens just happens it just doesn't just happen but I'll say that it just Jesus showed up on the scene and um, he uh, the the people recognized him for the miracles that were performed and everybody got excited and they were unprepared they just ended up going so apparently and I've, I remember years and years ago that brother Wayne Huntley preached from this and he said 
what did his message up at camp was, what did you put in my lunchbox, Mama? And of course, we don't know if it was his lunch, if it was um, the lad's lunch, but it, we do know it was pretty small, but, but it could have been. But there were 5,000 5, men without counting the women and children. So what was there? If, they, you know, if half of them were married and they brought their wives and, and maybe some of the women came by themselves, and was there 10,000 people? Was there 15,000 people? I've, you know, I read upwards of 20,000 people were there. I don't know, somewhere from five to 10, 20,000, whatever it was, there was a large need here. There was, there was a lot of people. And I, I wrote down there, was three, there were three needs. There, they were sick and diseased, the Bible tells us. So they had a physical need. Jesus performed the miracle of healing. Jesus is a great physician. And then there was the... the Sheep without a shepherd need. There was a spiritual need. And Jesus taught the people, Jesus is the good shepherd. And then the last need was also a physical need. And it was food. And Jesus asked the disciples to provide. And they provided a lad's lunch. Faith and a limitless God took over from there. <clears throat> Three needs. You know, Jesus didn't say to these people, he didn't say, I don't have time, I don't even have time to eat. You know, would you come back later? I mean, I'm, I need some time, I need to take some, uh, some time off. No, he ministered to every need this people had, and he'll do that in this age too. He does do that. Now, in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, he said, it says he's, he was touched with the, firm, the, the feelings of our iniquity. Jesus understands our weaknesses, trials, testings, and temptation. And he, has, he is full of compassion towards, towards our, our struggling. And then, and this is where I'd like to kind of, I kind of changed my view on this. And I'll give you both views of it. You know, I titled this, Some Say Doubting Disciples. And I started thinking about this. And the disciples asked Jesus to send the people away so they can, they can eat. You know, when you think about this, you know, that's probably logical. They were concerned it was getting dark. Maybe they wanted to have them leave before, before dark. And, and um, they didn't want them to go you know, go away and faint in the way or whatever, you know. So they, they, it was a logical thing to do. There was no food. There was no place to sleep. And Jesus said, they don't have to leave. Feed them. He said, feed them. That was a commandment, right? That was a commandment. And, you know, they didn't have to, they didn't have to go and ask Judas, who was the treasurer, to go to their to his, the money bag and say, "Hey, Judas, how much do we have in there? You know, we can, we could go if we could go if if we had enough money, we could go to the villages and we could buy food." Because Jesus said, "Feed them." 
So they wouldn't even have had to go to Judas because they knew they didn't have enough money to feed them. They knew they didn't have enough food to feed them. They knew that wasn't an option, but it was commanded. They didn't have to check the food pouch. All human resources were checked. We can't do it. So is, <coughs> is that doubt? Is that disbelief or is that reality? You know, I kind of, I'll, like I said, I'll go down both ways, both paths, but I kind of wonder if that's, that's reality. And really the, the meaning of this, of this in the scripture is pointing out something to us, not about doubt and unbelief. And of course there is some of that in there, sprinkled in there, but it's more about us running out of human possibilities. And they were up against their human limitations and they were perplexed. You know, they, they couldn't, it was impossible for them to feed them, right? That Jesus asked them to do an impossible thing. They couldn't, they didn't have enough money to buy food. They didn't have, they didn't have the food to do it. And they were like, well, what can we do? We, we can't do it. He asked us to feed him, feed the multitude of 10,000 people or 10,000, whatever it is. And this is a lesson, a little lesson about when Jesus asks us to do something outside of our human ability or resources. The obscure disciple known as Andrew, the brother of Peter, found the perfect combination to, to, to do this, pro to take care of this problem. He took a little faith, a lunch from a little lad, and offered it to a limitless God. And we can do the same thing. This is, a, this is an example to us. Not, of, not so much of unbelief, but of offering up what we do have to God. We can't solve the problem. We can't solve every problem on our own. So a little faith. Andrew, Andrew at Jesus' words, he said, um, what did, oh, I can't think of the, it, Jesus said, well, um, basically said, well, what is, what's, what is, what's out there? What's there to offer for food? And, and um, so Andrew went into the crowd that day and asked people what they had for food. He stumbled upon a young boy that was willing to offer his food to Jesus. So he must have been out there going, hey, we need food. Jesus saying, what do, you, what do you have? What do you have? What do you have? What, what's out there for food? And so he, they start asking around and saying, and he come, comes across a young lad, which means he'd be 12 years old or younger. And he had to say, hey, Jesus is asking for food. What is out there? Are you willing to give up your food for Jesus, to, G, to the master? And um, Andrew brings word, he brings word, or he brings, or he brings, he brings the news that there's a lad out there with food, or he brings the lad with the food to Jesus. 
I really, I, I can't tell. And he says this in, in John chapter 9, 6 and verse 9, which I read, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? So even with that, there's some doubt in there, right? You know, this is what we have, but it isn't much. It's not a whole lot. Can you use it? Can you use this? <clears throat> when it comes to faith, in Mark chapter 9, verse 23 through 24, it states Jesus, and this was the man, he was a father, that he came to Jesus with a possessed son. And he said, Jesus said unto him, if thou, if thou canst believe, he wanted he wanted. Jesus to cast out the demon out of, out of his possessed son. And he said, hey, they, what's, what's the deal? Your, your disciples can't cast this, this demon out. And he, well, bring him here. And he says, Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe Help thou mine unbelief. You know, the, the father's confession was real and it's relatable, right? Can you relate to it? I can relate to it. <clears throat> Little faith fights to believe. It struggles with doubt and uncertainty. It says like Andrew, but what are they among so many? What is, what is five barley loaves and two fishes among two fish among so many? It questions, right? Little faith fights to believe. It struggles with doubt and uncertainty. Little, fight, fight, little faith has fears and doubt. It demands and questions while it is still trying hard to believe. Little faith may stand trembling for a time, but it can step forward in victory at any moment. Little faith. It's relatable. It's real. I can relate to it. I can, re I can relate to great times, times of great faith with a little spark of doubt. Just a, I can I can think of um, when our son Cody had a brain tumor with great uh, a time of great faith, and I can remember a time where there was just a little period that some doubt crept in, and I said, "Nope, I'm not. I'm not going there." Just one time. <clears throat> It crept in, and well, after, after God intervened in it. Before that, before God intervened, there was no faith. There was absolutely zero faith. Uh, I would walk by his, his uh, no sleep at night, and, I don't, and uh, walking by his room and looking in there and thinking, am I ever going to see him? in that bed again. Am I gonna, what's it gonna be like to 
have to pack up his clothes when he dies. That was no faith. But when God intervened and I had faith, it was a total different picture. But there was always that help thou my unbelief. It was real and relatable. God can take the smallest stone of faith and start an avalanche of blessings, and he did in this story. He can take a grain of faith and move a mountain. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20 says, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. So there was a little offering. It wasn't much, and it was from a little lad. Jesus asked the disciples, what do you have? Really, he was asking them, what's available? What's available for me to use? What do you have available? All four Gospels tell us the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Only John records the fact that there was a little boy who gave up his, his uh, five barley loaves and two fish to Jesus. It was a little offering. In fact, one man, one man thinks that what it was, it, it was five cracker-sized barley cakes and two small sardine-like fishes. Fishes. <laughs> Fish. That, the Bible says fishes. I'm just being biblical here. <laughs> so that's what, that's what one man says. The Gospel of John records it as five barley loaves and two small fish, fishes, fish. You know, it would have been a miracle if it would have been a fish. That boy would have been able to carry two fish this, to the size to feed those multitude, right? That would have been a miracle. But we understand, whichever one it was, it really doesn't matter. What the Bible is pointing out is there was just no way it would ever be done. It couldn't be done. It could not, the, the, the disciples could not feed the 5,000 men. It couldn't happen. That's what the point is. And it doesn't really matter if it were, they were sardine-like size and just five crackers. It, there was just no way it could happen. And it was an obscure young lad. He wasn't named. He was a boy, under 12 years of age. He, he was not much. The lunch was not much. It was not enough to solve the problem, but it was all that he had, and it was offered to Jesus. It was offered to a limitless God 
there was a large need, a little faith, a little offering, but there was a limitless God that made all the difference. A limitless God. There's, God is not restricted by anything other than his nature. For example, he can't lie. There is a, I, I guess I don't know if that's even right to say it's restricted, but he will not lie. He can do anything. Anything is possible with God. Anything is possible with God. In Matthew chapter 19, in verse 26, it states, But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Nothing is, nothing is too hard for him. He has all power. He has all knowledge. And he's concerned with us. He's concerned about each and every one of us. Yes, us, everybody here. He's concerned about us. <clears throat> and the great thing about this is John, John chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. It states, And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples, and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore they gathered them together and filled twelve baskets with the fr fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. So Jesus took and gave thanks. He blessed it and he multiplied it. He blessed it and multiplied it. <clears throat> what Jesus can do with a little lad's little lunch and a little faith is limitless. And, and I believe, I believe the, the message that Jesus is trying to get through to us isn't about our faith. It's not about our unbelief. It's not about, it's simply about Jesus saying, feed them, feed them. And the disciples, I look at that and I say to myself, do they have unbelief? Or are they just at the end of their rope with the physical world, right? That's, there's just nothing they could do about it. Jesus asked it. Jesus is saying, you feed them. And they're going, okay, well, how are we going to do this? I, I can imagine them getting into a huddle, right? And they're, they're talking, how are we going to do this, guys? You have any, anybody have any idea? Peter, you're, you're always, you're always flapping your lips. Come on, tell us. Peter's silent. It's like, how, look at, look at the crowd back there. There's people everywhere. There's, can you imagine, even 5,000 people, 
10,000 people. I don't know what, I've, what the largest crowd I've ever been in. I've been in the Civic Center with some of those, that boxer from North Dakota, and, and I don't know what the Civic Center holds. You know, there are a lot of people there. There are a lot of people. And you'd be looking at, okay, we gotta feed every one of these people? I'd be in the same boat, right? How are we going to, well, he said to feed them. He said feed them. Well, John, I don't know, maybe, couldn't, maybe we can just love them. <laughs> maybe, maybe love's the answer. No, we need, he said feed them. Okay, well, Judas, well, we know Judas doesn't have enough money in the purse. And they go back and forth with any kind of solution. But the re, the, they re, in fact, I don't even think they had to do that. But because they knew where they were at. They knew what Judas, that, that kind of money. They couldn't feed them. They couldn't buy it. They'd have to go get it. They'd have to carry it all back. There were some problems there. And finally, it's like, Andrew is like, find something, right? Well, there's this, there's this young lad that's willing to give up his, his meager food supply for Jesus' use because he asked for it. And they take him up there and he offers it up. And I don't think it's any different spiritually for us today if Jesus asks us for something that is humanly impossible for us, all we do is say, this is all I got. This is it. It's all you're going to get because it's all I have. And that's what the young boy did, is he just gave, he just gave what he had. It was everything. It was everything he had. It wasn't much. It wasn't enough to do... It wasn't enough to do what Jesus wanted done, but it was something. And I believe it's an encouragement for each and every one of us to offer whatever we can, as little as it may seem to God, as little as it seems. I don't have much to offer. I don't. You know, I guess I'll, I'll talk about myself. You know, I fought, <clears throat> I fought getting into the ministry for years because I didn't think I had anything to offer. That was one of the reasons, is because I did not think I had anything to offer. But the reality is, the reality is, is when I offer something to God, God blesses it and multiplies it. You know, it wasn't, well, boy. <laughs> oh, I'd like to say some stuff, but. Yeah, God, I tell you what, sometimes, sometimes, I am absolutely amazed what God gives me. I am absolutely amazed. It's not me. 
I'm telling you, it's not me. There's sometimes I study for this stuff and I might, there's something I might write down and I will say, boy, that is so good. That is so good. But it's not me. I don't take, I don't take credit for it. I understand that all I'm doing is offering up my meager talents and God is the one that's blessing it. I understand that. I understand that. And this is a lesson. You know, God loves people. God loves ordinary people. God uses people of great talents and ability, but he also enjoys using the common person whose talents and abilities are unremarkable. There's people that are very, very good at speaking. There are people that are, that are just have a natural ability at speaking. And they, they can get up here and they can, they can keep you engaged. And, and, um, but he likes to use the common person. He will take my meager abilities and he will use those. He will take your meager abilities and he will use those. If we offer them up. But we have to offer them up. Quite often, he has chosen the weakest individual to make them the strongest. He chooses the insignificant person and makes him significant. Nothing we give to him is insignificant. Whatever we can give to God is significant. He will take it and he will use it and he will bless it and he will multiply it. Everybody has something to offer to God. Everybody, everybody has something to offer to God. If we will be willing to offer what we have to the Lord, he will bless and multiply it beyond our greatest expectations. Above and beyond. Jesus asked, what do you have? That's what he asked. What do you have? He didn't ask. He didn't ask for anything. He didn't ask for all the food to feed him. He just asked, what do you have? He asked the same question to me. What do I have? What do I have? I, this, what you're asking God is way too much. I can't, I can't do it. What do you have? Brother Marcello, what do you have? Offer it up to him. He'll take it. He'll bless it and multiply it. Let's stand. Let's pray as we're dismissed. Lord, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and kindness. We pray, Lord, in your precious name, you're a great God. We pray that we, each and every one of us would understand we have something to offer to you. We pray, Lord, that we'd offer it up, Lord, and you would take it, you would bless it, and you will bless it, and you will multiply what we offer up for you to you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.